0: spice things up and bring let's up. Let's do an
1: official and let's do an official opening since we sort of didn't we sort of did a rolling opening because Mike isn't here and, and Sam will hopefully be joining us later. But normally Mike plays a, his his catchy theme song that he wrote and we sort of roll into it. And then he says, Ricky, take it away just like that and then you could hey, take it away. You
2: did a great job, Charlie. Thank you. <laughs> I've heard it enough.
0: And, uh, so of course the, you don't want it. Thanks everybody for joining us. Another episode. And, uh, we, today we're going to talk about, there's no specific topic. We're going to kind of talk about current events, whatever's on your mind, any research you guys are specifically, uh, been diving deep into or anything like that. Be, uh, more than, you know, happy to, to expand on any of those topics. So, uh, but we typically live stream this weekend because Mike is kind of running around. We're not live streaming this week, but typically every other Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern time on Rockfin. Uh Today was a little bit of a curveball, but we're we're gonna, you know, pre-record it. Still gonna be up lot or up and available on our Odyssey channel and our Rockfin channel. Eventually, it's also gonna be on all the audio platforms. And uh, and yeah, that's a. I think that's a good topic to kind of jump in on. Is uh, I I don't know about you guys. But when I saw I knew it was coming because you could hear the little hints and I heard some some chatter about Robert Kennedy Jr. eventually being on the Rogan podcast. But let me just say something from my personal experience, being deep down the, you know, uh conspiracy being called a conspiracy theorist, you know, anti vaxxer for much of my life. And I I was so excited. And so happy that one, Robert Kenny Jr. was on, and two, the fact that they didn't like just scratch the surface on the topic and then moved on. He literally did the first two hours of going down the whole rabbit hole, all the science or lack of the history of it, how we got here, um, you know, all just everything. And I could not be happier because I'm like, how do you listen to the first two hours of this? And then dispute this. Obviously, some people on Twitter are still attempting to do so. But, you know, the, the the truth is like, how do you listen to all the, how do you discredit everything he's saying? How do you, you know, and what, what I think is the most, what makes me the most happy is the fact that as a long time, I mean, I started my show in 2013. Rogan was a huge influence of mine. He was, you know, he had people like, you know, Dennis McKenna, who ended up uh, being on my show, and Ben, tons of other people who ended up being on my show because he was an inspiration of my, to my show. And I always looked at him as like a super open minded person who was having controversial people on, like Graham Hancock and others. But the vaccine topic was always the most frustrating because it seemed to be like he is. He is bought into the mainstream narrative and it's like he has blinders on. He doesn't see the same issues that we have in, in ancient history, the same issues we have in big pharma in regards to the pill epidemic Like these are the same issues that the vaccine, uh, issue has. And that's, you know, it, it's not driven by science. It's driven by, you know, quote unquote experts who are telling you what to believe, even if there's not any reason to believe it. And, uh, so to see him do a full 360 and see him through this journey of, of you know, eventually critical thinking and being open minded to to this. I mean, there was a uh, podcast he did with um, Dr. Hotez where he talked about the Lyme disease vaccine. And I really thought this this was going to like kind of shatter his his narrative on vaccines, on Rogan's uh, narrative on vaccine, because he was asking him about. The Lyme disease vaccine. And Dr. Hotez says, yeah, it was taken off the market because of conspiracy theorists um, didn't, uh, you know, circulated some misinformation and then people lost faith in it. And then it got taken off the market. And Rogan's like, no, no, that's actually not what happened. Because I have somebody who got Lyme disease from the vaccine. And personally, I know somebody who was who was negative, negatively impacted by it. And he's like no no that's not the case he's like and he's like well there's a lot of people who believe many vaccines cause autism why why is that the only vaccine that was taken off the market because of these conspiracy theories um so and you could see like okay his, his wheels are turning maybe he's starting to get skeptical and then out of nowhere like it just you know it didn't nothing else came of it so to see this whole 360 like i i could not be more excited i could not be more happy that i could say like listen to this podcast and let me know like how, how can you still believe that vaccines are safe and effective and um but enough of me getting really excited because as you could tell, I've had many personal debates and arguments with friends and loved ones throughout the years on this specific topic. Exactly. So I'm I'm really excited that it's becoming a little bit more mainstream. And I do think it's planting the seed in many people. And I think that if one good thing that came out of COVID, like we keep saying on the show is the fact that a lot of people are becoming much more, um, open-minded to the idea that maybe just like the COVID vaccine, they've been lying to us about all vaccines, but anybody want to take it away? And and Hermes has got to go first.
1: I can see he's just just ready to explode over there. (laughs) He's ready to blast off. He's so angry.
3: First of all, Hotez is obviously a hack and it was long overdue to give somebody like Kennedy that platform. Uh, I am very happy that Rogan himself called Hotez out on uh, Twitter after he had been smeared by Hotez and even showed one of his deleted uh, tweets about Rogan and this group that, you know, were extremely dangerous now. And, and you know, the muskernuts is in that group. And you know how I feel about Elon, you know, quite frankly, give me a break. But Rogan challenges him. Then he puts up a hundred grand. I think the ticker at this point with people who are ready to uh, pop more money in. And by the way, Jeff, I think you're muted because I saw you try to talk early. OK, all right, because <laughs> I want to get everybody in. I think that it's over a million dollars now. I think it's like one point one million dollars. And and the new thing is to censor and not engage and just act like you're the authoritative source because you are the authoritative source when all the major social media platforms don't give a venue. And, and I think also the problem is that Twitter is that one venue that they're trying to now paint as like hate speech. Well, when the bar is so low that like freedom of speech, not reach, okay, is the bar. We we've really reached a bad place. I don't expect Hotez to accept this if it gets to ten million dollars, right? I was actually talking about this on uh, my Making Sense of the Madness show, and that's because the new thing is they literally, just like Miriam talked about in the opening, tell you not to do your research. I, I had a personal experience where I pay for everything cash. I don't have health insurance. Okay. I'm, I'm pretty much straight up. I have enough money. If something goes wrong, I could probably take care of it unless it's super major, you know, and I don't want to buy into the system because the system essentially wants me to pay into this system where they're going to decide what I get anyway. But I ended up having vertigo a little over a year and a half ago. And if anybody's had vertigo, it's completely crippling. I've never felt less of a human being and more in danger in my adult life. So, I mean, I would lay down and I would just put my head and it came out of nowhere. My eyes started getting blurry maybe two, three weeks before this happens to me. And for the first time I lay down and I turn my head and the whole world starts spinning. And I've never had this feeling in my life. And I, I don't know where I am. I don't know what's happening. And then eventually my eyes set. Now, immediately I start looking online, like, what could this be? Immediately. <laughs> Cause what else are you going to do? Right? Aren't you supposed to believe your own skills and instincts? I mean, I guess not anymore. So, um, this continues for like a day and I'm looking it up And the first thing that I, I find is a thing called BPPV where basically a crystal gets knocked loose in your ear. you have these crystals and through some infection or something going on in your head and it gives you vertigo and if you are literally moved the right way through a chiropractor or a physical therapist that can end it all right So I go into a um, a clinic i tell them exactly the same thing i just told you guys okay 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 talk talk we need to get you to an eye doctor we're gonna do that first and uh we're gonna go see the eye doctor so i explain it to the eye doctor and and my eye is blurry i have 20 20 vision this one's not 2020 anymore and the first and and my eye is also swollen okay the first thing they tell me is do not look this up yourself (laughs) I, I cannot, I cannot make that up. So I go, I already, t- I, I stopped them. I go, I already think I have BPPV. Can I talk to somebody who's, who's going to maybe take that seriously? Well, we can't get you into Genesis because you don't have insurance and you don't have a primary. Okay. So then I have to go to a primary and, uh, I, I find this place where I basically pay like $1,200 for the year. And I can get lab work and all this other stuff done. And I have a doctor and Genesis will take me. This woman answers the door, even in Iowa with a mask. I'm already not feeling great (laughs) about the whole situation. All right. Now, in between this visit, because I got the primary, Genesis would see me, but they wanted me to take an MRI right away. And the MRI finds something behind my eye that they're not sure whether it's a tumor or they tell me it could be a granuloma. And all of which is like brain surgery or death, by the way, (laughs) just, just to let everybody know. So that's the MRI. So I go to see the results of the MRI with this woman who's already wearing a mask. They're already telling me again, I've told every, I'm on the fourth doctor. I've told every single one of them. And I think I have BPPV. All right. I talk to this woman. She's like, first, first thing she does say, I'll, I'll give her this it's not cancer. <laughs> Hallelujah, baby, right? Not cancer. We're only about three grand deep right now. <laughs> no big deal. Not cancer. Okay. We need you. Uh, I-, I had to go get another like ridiculous test. It- it- actually, the MRI was second. What's the other one they do with the beatbox? It sounds like you're at a nine inch nails contest. No I- MRI. And then what's the-, with the next one? Because I did two big ones. The second one we'll get to in a minute, but before I did any of this, I, I, I got to the Genesis doctor after this, is the fifth doctor I talked to. I, I was totally coherent. I go, listen, I think I have BPV. I think I have a knock loose crystal. Can somebody get me to, you know, and she goes, you know, why not? <laughs> We're on like guys week three and a half of I can't go to bed at night and turn my head or I can't reach down to tie my shoelaces without maybe falling over and cracking my skull because I can't stand up straight. That's how scary this is. I go to Genesis, I go to the lady, I tell her what I think's going on, I say that I've actually watched my eye wonk out. She's like, well, you know, it sounds like you do have that, and uh, you'll be lucky if you do, because a lot of these people aren't walking out of here with any kind of real thing. 20 minutes, guys. I worked with her for 20 minutes. She moved my head for 20 minutes. I got in a car. I drove to Oklahoma to meet Clay Clark for the first time, and uh, I think I met you there, Courtney, as well. That was that first time in April. Uh Gone. That
4: was when I well, I haven't had vertigo since then,
3: since the day I met you. <laughs> okay, and then I went back again mm. for the second test, and when they saw it was in there, after waiting like five hours, they told me it was just some liquid from an effect inf- And I had said, "Look, I got bad teeth. The, the, it could be an infection in my head that knocked this loose." I've got, I've done like fifteen thousand dollars in dental work since then. I've, I'm pretty wrapped up. Maybe there's going to be an implant or two, uh but my eye is better. I don't have vertigo. It was exactly what I thought it was. And I had to spend five extra thousand dollars because they told me not to do my research. And I'm a fucking idiot. Like, but imagine, that- imagine,
5: <laughs> Jason, imagine if you didn't trust yourself and the average person who goes in. And next thing you know, oh, I'm under and I'm having brain surgery.
3: <laughs> and the thing was. That I did have a history in my family of two people. My mother, one of them had a granuloma that didn't have to be uh, worked on. It was much smaller than what they saw in my head. And then a cousin of mine actually got the brain surgery for a granuloma in her early 20s. So that's it, what they were leaning towards in the beginning. Brain surgery, everybody. That's it's our so, It's so
1: wild to me because this is one of the few industries. It's like going to a mechanic, too, where the price is, they give you the price after the procedure has been done. You know, the healthcare industry, it's like, oh, well, here's the bill. It's this. And it's like, well, I wouldn't have signed up for the $80 aspirin or whatever. I wouldn't have been interested in all this when you get the itemized bill later. I'm wondering from a business standpoint, Clint, you're somebody that, you know, examines the way businesses run. Could you run any other industry the way the healthcare industry is run it seems like it is run backwards and inside out like none of the normal business incentive structures are there um everything government subsidies come in they inflate the prices and then plan on negotiating it down like if you ran your mortgage company like this how fast would you be out of business, like or how fast would you infuriate your customers or the title companies to the point where they just go we can't work with this system anymore
6: well it it all depends on whether or not i'm a uh, a a federal reserve bank mortgage broker, in which case I could probably get away with it for a long time, but yep. seeing yep. as I was private money uh, i'd be out of business in about thirty days uh, that's and that, that's the nature of any You know, government supported industry. And this is why it drives me crazy when I hear the left talk about, you know, nationalizing healthcare. It's like we have this, this hybrid version. That's the the worst of both worlds. You do have the, the greed that exists within the insurance agencies and the greed that exists within the hospitals, but you also have this overarching, you know, Just bureaucracy of death from from the government that's involved too. So I I actually, because I moved to Florida, I I went uh, about six months without insurance, uh, just because I didn't want to pay, you know, out the nose. And I I did have to go to the hospital one time, and because I I didn't know if I was like having a heart attack or if I was having a panic attack. It was panic as usual. Uh, And and I asked them beforehand because I'm sitting in the lobby and I'm like, hey, can I get a quote? You know, like, I I know the tests that I want to have run to make sure that my heart's fine. Um, I just want to know what the price is beforehand. And they said, we can't give you that. They can't do it. It's, I mean, there is just no business on earth where you just like, you just sign a blank check when you walk in the door. And then when you leave, you know, you're forced to pay it or you're sent to debt collection for the rest of your life. It's, but this is the, this is the nature of um, basically a, a fascistic business model.
5: I'd like to give
6: Sorry, I know doctors'
1: offices that that by standard operating business procedure immediately put the people uh, immediately send them to collections as soon as they send them an invoice. There are people that were going. I don't even have time to send you the check myself. You've already put me in collections. How could you do that so quickly? And they're like, "Well, we just do that with everybody."
6: Yeah, exactly, man. They they treat their customers like shit and then they wonder why. Um, (laughs) I mean, but but this this is why so many people are convinced that it needs to be nationalized because they think that this is the private market. It just couldn't be further from the truth. So much of the revenue comes from the government, from Medicare and Medicaid and all these other, other programs. And then you also, no one pays actually for the service because we, you know, if you don't have a government insurance program, then you're paying an insurance company and the insurance company is always the payer of whatever service that you need. So you never ask for the price. The only people that ask for the price are those that are totally uninsured in all, you know, all possible ways. So they don't, even, they don't even cater to those people whatsoever. But if you, if you actually go in there and you say, Hey, I don't have insurance. I'm, like, I, this is not an emergency. I just want to quote, I'm I'm only going to come to you if you actually are the best price that I can find. They will ultimately give you a quote. And the quote is usually about a quarter of what it would be if you had insurance. I mean, it, the whole thing's a scam.
3: That's spot on. I mean, I, I got to agree with it. that's the whole thing. Like people don't realize that when you go in there, it, look, they, they send you through everything anyway. And then if they have insurance, they milk you with. So I remember it was a CAT scan was the second one. Okay. And before the CAT scan, uh, I was having issues, um, with the eye and I had gotten rid of the vertigo by then. Right. But no one had updated them. They tried to put me through all these auditory tests first. They put me in a room and this lady's about to start these tests. I go, let's stop right now. <laughs> I go, first of all, is it marked there? My vertigo is gone. She goes, no. i go. Okay. Let's start there. I'm okay. Now I had what I thought I had. She's like, oh, and I'm like, my, my hearing is great. My eye is still a little bit blurry. Um, Again, they found this thing. They said it was a granuloma at first. You know, I want to just go get the CAT scan. And she's like, oh, well, oh, (laughs) okay, that makes sense. And then I was going to pay it cash right there. And they didn't, again, they didn't even have the invoice after I did the procedure. (laughs) You know, I I had waited over. I actually think I had to come back a second day because the first day got canceled. It's like an hour away from me. And then they literally walked in with masks again, very confident. They had my MRI and they now had my CAT scan. And the guy looks at me in the eye after I've gone through all this and he goes, yeah, it looks like it's just, you know, some liquid or whatever, maybe some kind of an infection. We're not sure. Probably going to clear up. You're going to be fine. <laughs> and I'm like, so that's the ultimate thing. I'm like, my vertigo's gone. I told him the whole story. He's like, yeah, you're okay. If, if something else happens, I mean, call us. <laughs> but think think about that. That,
1: you, that goes to show the subjective nature of the medical industry, there's a lot of gray area there, and there's there's a lot of room for debate. But that's not what I hear is allowed anymore. I hear the science is subtle. I
6: you know, hear well, people, people say that uh, you know blood letting, letting and uh, head shrinking is all all behind us. That's ancient practice. No, no, no. We still practice it largely, and most of it's mandated now. Really fucking yeah. awesome. <laughs> <So> th- this <laughs> is my problem I have with
0: healthcare in in general is that we keep talking about like. Oh, how do we make it cheaper? To me, it's like, how about we just talk about how, how do we make it, it not relevant? Because the truth is like, it's not how do we get these pharmaceutical drugs and these procedures at a cheaper cost. It, it's more about like, Hey, how about we take our health into our own hands? How about we eat better? How about we exercise more? How about those are the things we should be discussing? Because the truth is like, it's a for profit. You know uh industry just like all industries, so they don't care about your health it's they don't care about you know there there's people with suits and ties and looking at graphs who are looking at okay, how do we market this different, how do we find an off label use for it how do we you know how do we justify or uh the science you know or or the lack of or the, or how do we get some studies that show our product in a in a positive light i mean that's not where health is i mean what we should be asking is like why are there so many people going to their doctors so often i haven't seen my doctor since high school uh i'm i'm completely honest i'm like i'm 38 years old i have not been to a doctor since high school i you know i play sports multiple times a week i go to the gym you know four or five times a week i have injuries yeah i've fractured i have hairline fractures i've had that you know if i need to get an x-ray because of injury it's like okay i broke something or i have a fracture. Let me just up my calcium my vitamin D my whatever I need to kind of help uh, the process a little bit and um let me just you know rest it and and uh and and war- well, well I usually don't rest it too much because I still continue going to the gym or whatever but I'll find a way to exercise around it and and that's it like I mean I to me it's like why are people going to the doctors and getting looked at um you know all the time why are they having all these health issues it's because the doctor's not gonna help you get healthy like
5: the food is shit. The food is shit. It's poison. The hospitals are killing feels like I, when I moved to Florida and I wanted to resume a medication and went to one doctor because he was Egyptian and the nurse is like, there's a Coca-Cola and a bag of chips. I'm like, "Not," and a mask. She was wearing a mask on top of that too. It's like, no, you it's health H E L L T H. It has nothing to do um, with prevention. It's education is lacking.
6: Well, keep in mind, too, that it was, this is what really put Dr. Peter Hotez on the war path, in my opinion, is that the last time he was on with Rogan, Rogan said, dude, do you work out? Do you take vitamin D supplementation? Like, are you doing anything proactively to look after your health? Or do you just inject every solution to every health ailment? <laughs> and the answer was, you're a fat loaf and you don't do anything for yourself. And yet, you want to mandate that your products be, you know, put forcibly put into every human being on the face of the earth. And so, his,
5: da- his daughter is arguably
2: has autism because of a vaccine.
6: It's possible. No, but he I, wrote I,
2: a book that said vaccines didn't cause Rachel's autism. So, you know, science is ca- settled there.
6: Case closed.
2: <laughs> case closed.
6: And
0: like no, but
2: it really is about this foundational health stuff. I mean, I'm I'm a health coach. I work with people all over the world, but specifically with people that are vaccine injured. And it's like literally the foundations of health, clean food, clean water, clean air, get outside, exercise, ground, meditate, pray, have community. Like it's so, so simple. And that's why they say, don't do your own research because you can go do that. And it's like these super easy foundations that cost zero money. Well, organic food. <laughs> Definitely it's a little more expensive, but relatively compared to like going and getting surgery and being on 40 drugs with 80 side effects, you know, it's a cheap alternative. So I think that that's one thing that I love about Union and what everyone shares here. Like we were talking about inflammation earlier, going to the doctor, all this stuff is that you don't find this information out Like out in the general realm, you are more so now than we were previously. But this show and all of you guys and your individual podcasts, like, are continually just sharing this to empower people versus what the powers that be, the WEF is doing, the World Health Organization, the CDC, FDA, NIH, they're all trying to get you fearful. And just, you know, stay home, stay safe, take the drugs, don't do your own research, don't worry about having community, isolate, you know, do everything you can basically to tank your immune system and get you to live in a fear state while you're just comply. And we're like, no, (laughs) you have an immune system, you have the ability to heal yourself, you have vitality. So I love, I love the hope that all of you guys give in that way to everybody out there.
5: That I wanna add that when they have the Twitter spaces, I've been listening to a lot of, partaking in a lot of spaces with vaccine injured people. And yesterday Mario had a huge space. And it's like, why are you guys even discussing like all the vaccines? You have something called an immune system. Why can't we just bust beyond that? And just, it's, it's, it's crazy to me, to be even speaking about a vaccine, in my opinion. Sure, if the person wants to inject themselves, But I believe in an immune system. And just to your point, Susie, about the organic food, I think I recently did a story on appeal and took a little dive to to the Bill Gates funded um, appeal sciences. And and that's going to even be on organic.
7: Yeah.
5: So scary. And
4: so it's scary. scary. Yes,
5: scary. Yeah,
4: it's so scary. Yeah. Um, you you can't even wash it off. The I mean, I'm sure you know because you did a whole research on it. But the, I mean, for people who think like they peel off the sticker, they wash it like they would typical fruits and vegetables, you can't wash it off. It goes all the way through. I mean, it, it it's literally the whole purpose is to delude you into thinking that your uh your produce is still fresh when it's you know gone bad and they you know they started this a long time ago um with the potatoes and that book is like you can't find it anywhere but i and i, I i'm blanking on the guy's name who wrote it but he had a whole chapter about how the They now almost all potatoes are GMO. And the way that you can tell is when you cut into them, they don't turn brown like a white baked potato. It doesn't turn brown anymore. So this this has been going on for a long time. But I guess it's like anything they beta test on something and then they roll it out from there. So now we're just seeing the the mass rollout of this. But it's so scary because I feel like they just they they attack they attack from every angle possible. And I've been talking about this with uh, the seed oils because. I I I actually have like phys- physiological reactions to them. Um so I I think they're really toxic for everyone and I don't know that it's actually like an allergy. I think for me personally it's just like we all have a toxic uh threshold. We have like you know uh, an amount of burden that we can Multiple body burden. what?
5: Chemical body burden is what it's yeah, called. Yeah, exactly.
4: So I think we just, you know, we have different levels at different points in time. And for me though, I start breaking out high. My stomach does weird knots. Like I actually can, I always know when they put, when they've used seed oil. So I'm very conscious of it when I go to the supermarket. And uh, when you look at it, it's like all the organic stuff. And now to be fair, I think they've done it to close the uh, profit margins um, to, or to expand the profit margin because I think organic, Produce is so much more expensive. So the way that they can make it a little bit cheaper, they put seed oils into the organic foods, but the inorganic foods don't typically have, a lot of them don't have it. So, but to, from, you know, from my perspective, just looking at all, of it, it looks like they're just trying to attack you from all angles. Yeah. Yeah. And
5: let's, why are they putting these trans fats and heavy metal res- residuals? This, again, this, this obsession with this parasite, nano, heavy metal trifecta, and it's just about—is it really about the slow kill? I mean, I—I I joked on Twitter. It's like, are we them rolling out the alien um, narrative? Is that they can finally just come out in the open that we're being harvested? I mean, that's where I'm at now. Uh, unfortunately, I admit it that 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 I believe that we've been overtaken. Uh, in a more obvious way or the sim has gone cuckoo
8: yeah mariam if i can jump in i i don't know if it's a, a slow kill thing or if it's just total lethargy at this point but um you know i watched someone close to me in a matter of weeks turn their life around just by cutting out all this gross food that they were consuming and all that and you know, they were just tired of me making fun of them nonstop. Like, what are you putting in your body? That's horrible. And all of a sudden they're applying to new jobs and exercising and the the mood shift. It's, it was, it was wild to watch it happen in such a short amount of time. I cut and kind of couldn't believe it. And, you know, in my life, I'm lucky that I have people around me who are, uh, informed and like-minded, but I've kind of given up with most people who aren't. And, um, you know, they, they seem to think like we're misinformed. It's like, no, we were on your side. We were presented with different information. We changed our opinion, uh, because it was compelling enough. Can I share it with you? No? Alrighty then. Well, then I guess the conversation's over.
1: You would hope that you could lead by example too. You could be like, I'm never sick. I'm in good shape. I'm not a hundred pounds overweight, man. Like maybe I'm doing something, maybe, maybe maybe we're doing it the right way. You know, it's like third time you've got COVID. That's weird. Is is. Don't you, don't you figure out that? Like I didn't take the shot. I haven't gotten it at all. Everyone's I've been fine. You keep taking the shots. You don't feel as well. Like if you can only maybe make that connection. Cause, cause you're right, Jeff, like you can't, there's only so much you can do. You could just say, Hey, look, would you like for me to you what i know about this no okay cool i know people don't want to be lectured but if you can make it maybe make it a a dialogue instead of a monologue and say like hey man like what do you what are what are you doing (laughs) what do you think you're doing you're taking a you're injecting yourself with an experiment for something with a survivability rate of 99.98 percent a median death age of 80 like I get it that you're scared, but are you also bad at statistical analysis? Like, are you bad at the math on this? Because it's it's pretty easy math. It's not 50-50. No. It's, it's like 99.98%. Yeah. And yet... You're willing to take on this unrealistic burden and ga- a huge gamble. And it's like it just it's very it, it's been a wild thing to watch over the last three years to watch the media do this to people to get them so scared that they're willing to just not research. Then you get the media telling them don't research. Whatever you do, don't research because and then you get the lady that's in that press conference saying, "I don't care what's in it. I don't want to know what's in it. Just put it in me and you're and and everyone's clapping and you're like, "What the fuck is going on? This is I- insanity, right? And then for pointing it out that this all looks crazy to me, you get called crazy for not going along. I mean, it is really frustrating. And I'll tell you, Jeff, I you and I've we've had these conversations. But God. like th- th- there's only, there's only so much you can do at some point you have to just kind of prioritize your energy, your mental energy and your focus. And just say, look, inform- I-, I put the information out there through podcasts or your books or through your you know, health, mm-hmm. practitioner services, whatever you do, I put the information it's out there. If you want it, go get it. If not, you do you, man, I, I am not going to chase people down and lecture them and try and explain this because it's just it at this point, like if you can't, if you're not asking questions, like, I don't know what to tell you.
0: Yeah, But it's kind of like my kids when we first went, uh, when my kids first were going to school and my wife's like, oh, we're going to be the anti-vax parents because it's like we use the religious exemption form. She's like, oh, the, ki- the parents are or the other parents are going to find out. Teachers are going to talk about our kids like we're going to be the anti-vax family. I'm like, and I, I remember telling my wife, I'm like, listen, I'm like, you know what's going to happen? Our kids are going to be the only ones; they don't have to worry about allergies. They're going to be the only ones who are never out of school because they're sick. Um, like, and then we're going to make that teacher rethink their whole stance on vaccines because the two healthiest kids in the school are our unvax, you know, uh kids who who are always eating right, Uh, they have uh, healthy snacks, they take their vitamins, they're cognitively and physically, you know, uh, at at least average, of course, I'm going to say above average because they're my kids, but at least average if I'm going to try to be uh, right down the middle. So like to me, like, you know, you should be outspoken and you are you do end up being a example for what you're preaching, you know, and I think that's important that that you do like don't be afraid to be outspoken about these issues and then let your You know your your body or your yourself be your business card for your philosophy.
1: But have you been on Twitter in the last two days? Have you
0: seen the the NPCs have all been activated? Yeah, but you know what's more and more impressive that Joe Rogan's been on Twitter. He never goes on Twitter. That people realize like he is usually, and he says on his own show he never goes on Twitter. Like he just feels like it's a waste of time. It's the fact that he's as passionate about this specific podcast with Robert Kennedy Jr. and this issue that now he's on Twitter debating people. Like to me, it's like, holy shit, we didn't just get him on our side. Like he's, he's a believer now. Like he, he is, you know, not just a believer. He is upset that he's been tricked and and fooled for so long that now he's not just, you know, having somebody on our side on his podcast but now he is defending them and openly you know willing to put up money to you know to to basically just dissolve this whole illusion that vaccines is the one pharmaceutical product that they don't lie about
4: i think one of the things about the past three years that's been really devastating is that uh, on the one hand is a great silver lining that people are asking questions so many people are waking up but you know, I, I'm a believer that there are times where, at least, you know, in the past, I mean, I certainly have had experiences where I, you know, I've, I have a very extensive medical history and I've needed doctors and they have helped me. And I think that what's really tragic is because that relationship has been so severed, it's really neither side is like the one side that blindly is trusting them and they're being hurt, you know, really like in some cases their lives are lost you know uh, if not forever impaired by the doctors but then on the other side there's no trust and it's like even for for acute things there are times like Miriam you hurt your knee you know you want to get you know Jason with your eye you wanted to go see a doctor and he's like there now there's there's so few that I feel like can be trusted and I think that that's just it's It's really devastating. I think it's really tragic. I I know I'm dealing with that. The other thing is we're so much more aware of how, you know, it's like the saying, if you have a, if you have a hammer, everything's a nail and They're kind of, that's, I and this I don't even fault them for. It's like, they're just myopically seeped. They've been so indoctrinated and they've got their little, very limited toolkit. Um, You know, I I recently, I think most of you know, I had this thing with my eye. I had a Shalazian. They did cut it out. (laughs) Um, But since then it was, I mean, essentially that was surgery. I was awake for it. It was pretty traumatic. I am watching them I don't want to gross people out but I could see her doing the whole procedure and uh, I, I kind of wish it had been filmed I would have liked to actually see it from the outside in but um but you know I could see the stuff coming out and all this to see though when I've gone back for the follow-up she keeps wanting to squeeze whatever she thinks is still in there and I'm like okay now I think it's healing like and she's aggravated it so much but then I think about it she's a surgeon she, that's her solution to things, and I, I don't think she's trying to hurt me. I don't think, you know. Of course, I this is my one eye, so of course I was very scared. And I was a little bit angry at first because, like, okay, it was it was healing, and now it's aggravated again. Um, but then I think about it. Well, they're trained to do a specific thing. All this just to say, I think now, you know, we're it, it's like that. There's so little trust on both sides, and you know, there's st- I still think there's a time and a place where it would be great if you could see a doctor when you don't have all the tools to heal yourself. Cause there are times I think for acute things where doctors should be able to help you. And now that's just not, it's not where, you know, it once was. So.
5: And that's why functional medicine is the, is in my opinion, the future, especially if you find a functional medicine doctor that was an MD, let's say like a Mercola that um can can use both the best of the both worlds but okay. like to your point lawyers want a lawyer hairdressers want to cut hair surgeons want to cut so yeah. they're they're doing they're within their sandbox and if they're humble enough they can look beyond that but unfortunately that that's not the case i, I wanted to add like if look at what the world went through for a Point one fatality rate and you know the next one as Bill Gates says will get their attention what on earth will happen in my opinion I feel that what's happening now is a post-mortem that they're co-opting the narratives like let's they're injecting lies let in the origins story which I'm tracking and they're keep on saying like on the Twitter space well you know for the next one for the next one for the next one it's like but this one was a hoax so what's this next one that's gonna happen? What do you know? I'm curious your thoughts on when you think the next one will happen or what what would occur because we know they do have um weapons. They they have gain of function. They have a lot of stuff out there with a
4: higher sorry. Oh no, no, I was just gonna say I think they're definitely gearing up. As far as when, I don't know, but it'd be very convenient for them to do, you know. Within this year, leading up to the next election cycle, I, I don't know for sure, obviously, what they're going to do, but I, I, it wouldn't surprise me. I, knew, I feel like, quite honestly, though, they've already tried to plant some, you know, uh, I guess do a little bit of feelers. And I think most of them have not worked. You know, like they had the monkeypox one. Um, they've had, I, I'm going to blank on the rest of them. But they've, they've had, they did RSV. Yeah, RSV was another one. I feel like they they put little feelers out. And they, I think that uh, this might be naive of me or overly optimistic, but I think they have inadvertently woken up so many people that didn't quite go over the way that they had anticipated. So I don't think that they were able to, you know, grab a hold of the PSYOP the way that they would have liked to. Because that's the thing with COVID. It's not so much that people, and this is not to say that people, that nobody... Got sick, you know, but it wasn't. That wasn't what drove it. It was all the fear. That's what was enabled them to create the compliance measure with the measures. So I think that, because, but because this time around, a lot of people were very skeptical. A lot of people said, "Uh, oh, hold up, this this doesn't make sense. I'm not buying it this time." So I, I definitely think they're going to try. I think they're also um, trying with a lot of the and this is kind of my big concern but i've done a lot of, i i know some of you here have definitely you have miriam but i've uh, done a lot of research on the nanotechnology and i i know a lot of people think that's too far that's too much of a crazy conspiracy theory but the patents really exist the research uh, you know and the science is is out there and has been utilized so whether or not you think it's been done to the extent That you know, some people claim or not. I guess that could be questionable. But the technology is 100% verifiable; absolutely exists. And my concern is that they're going to now weaponize that in the air. They're already doing it with chemtrails. Why couldn't? Wouldn't they just take it a step further? They may already have. Why wouldn't they do it? I know they have the technology, and they're talking about doing it with the water supply. They're already talking about putting, you know, modified mRNA. Uh, into the food supply, both into plants and into the animals. So who's to say that they, they're they not going to take it a step further and put you know something that really is a very uh, either mass scale bioweapon or very targeted bioweapon into these things, which are really hard to avoid. I mean, you can avoid having something injected in your arm, but you can't necessarily avoid the air that you breathe
5: (laughs) Well, it's becoming clear that they i mean this aerosolization of this nanoparticles that they were going to do as early as uh well weeks before the pandemic and as early as 2018 i've been reading this like 528 page um with peter dasik looking at uc davis's role with wuhan mm-hmm. and the fact that wuhan was on one hand working with uc davis and god knows who would the predict program and then on the other hand working with the the chinese military and karen kingston i know is of the mm-hmm. mind that the spike protein is really the nanolipid uh i'm curious you're, you're- Do you
4: think well i actually just interviewed her yeah, and that? yeah it was she was great she was fantastic yeah <laughs> Um, but she said it's really both. So she doesn't think that, and interestingly enough, uh, Dr. Judy Minkovitz said the same thing, that both are an issue and yeah, both are problematic. I yeah, I, I, I think so too. I think people want to point the finger at one or the other. Um, I know I've heard some people say that, you know, one or the other doesn't exist at all. It's PSYOP. But I think that where it becomes problematic for, to pinpoint is because the Um, they did different batches and because they're all different. So when I talk to Karen, you know, she can't speak to much other than the Pfizer uh, injections because that's really where all of her research stems and that's where she's done the deep dive. But the Pfizer, we know from the lawsuits was based on the Moderna and the Moderna, I mean, they basically stole the technology and the Moderna comes from DARPA. So, and now it looks like the J&J, while it's a slightly different mechanism, it still has a lot of the nanoparticle and certainly, uh, you know, it still has the same mechanism of creating the spike factory factory. Uh, it's just, you know, it's a different mechanism. But I, I think, yeah, the the difference with the spike protein nanoparticle versus the uh, nanolipid, I, I think, and from what I gather talking to Karen as well, is that the uh nanolipid encasement becomes very problematic just because of the uh, the hydra-like structure. So it's you know modeled after the DARPA hydrogel. And so that's you know, and that's been kind of my theory all along as to why they were uh, you know, censoring all of the discussion around hydroxychloroquine and hypermectin, because those are both antiparasitics. And the uh nanolipid encasement, which has this hydra like structure. And of course, the nanotechnology, but it's it acts like it mimics like a, a organic parasite, but if the behavior is very similar, and so the theory is that some of these antiparasitic drugs would still have an impact on it, and I think that's part of why they were sensitive. Yeah, it.
5: I would I would uh, agree with you. Um, in also taking into consideration the venom that is encapsulated in the payload, mm-hmm. and um, when they were looking at these bat caves and there was like seemingly an obsession. And by the way, this predict program started in 2014. So it's been leading up to it. And I've so been speaking with Dr. Braun. I'm a big fan of Tao Braun. I think he's genius. And I also give a lot of credence to Dr. Artis. So I, I came across something regarding E. Coli, which they use to kind of grow, grow the spike. And he told me that, what they're doing in the bat caves is not so much looking for the bats, but the ticks that live on the bat bats. And then he sent me a paper on venom that the tick saliva is also considered a venom like the snake. And I would believe from my research that these venom peptides, they can go underneath the radar and they do mimic like when we're seeing the people with the myocarditis or these, you know, sudden deaths crashing and looking over the shoulder. That if you look at a lion in the wild, that gets bit by a cobra or a, a cobra snake or other type of snake, that it's the same type of mechanism. So I do think there's credence to this, the venom aspect.
4: I I, I agree with you. Um, I I actually saw it was. a maybe a month or so ago and it was Dr. Artis and Karen Kingston both did presentations and they kind of built off of each other talking about the snake venom. And I think there is definitely some credence to that. There's also kind of like a, uh, you know, depending on your worldview, but there's a lot of biblical kind of references that way. And we know that they, they definitely have an anti-human kind of uh, agenda. So it makes sense that they would, that that, that would definitely be a component. But the other thing that was really interesting to me, and I, I don't have any way of verifying this. This was just kind of early speculation and discussion. But when I had all this stuff going on with my eye, I asked my doctor, I said, so of course, you know, very nervous. It's my my one eye. So I said to her, uh, you know, trying to be polite, but, you know, have you done this before? And I'm sure this is something you, you have experience with, you know? <laughs> and she says, oh, I've done five today. And I said, five today? And this is what's fascinating to me because- Typically, you know, three years ago, if I mentioned a Shalazian to somebody, most people would say, huh, what's that? Right. You've heard of a sty. Most people had not heard of Shalazian. But now it's like, you know, eight out of 10 people I mention it to have heard of it, not only heard of it, but either they themselves have had it or somebody they know has had it. And they say, oh, yeah, so-and-so had to have it cut out. Is it spike related? So this is what she said to me. She she was very cryptic about how she, obviously she didn't really know me, so she doesn't know what she could say, right? But she says to me, um, well, I don't know what you believe politically, um, but I think there's something in the air where the pollen seems to be intensified and I'm seeing a huge increase in intraocular allergies. And I think that these are a result of intraocular aller- allergies that are that have become intensified and then you know there's this reaction you have an encapsulation around it and like when I interviewed Karen I talked to her about this and she sent me a document afterwards which and it's pretty horrifying there's just two pages it's a massive document but there are two pages in it where they talk about how they're using pollen in order to uh, you know uh, export some of this nanotechnology because of the molecular structure it's a uh, hollow and so pollen's not the only study. thing. Of course. I'd, love see, I'd love to see that study. That's crazy. I'll send it to you.
2: <laughs> yeah, huh? it's
4: crazy. But I, I was I was pretty horrified because I'm like, I hope that's not what happened to me, but um, but it was definitely interesting research. And they are definitely using pollen's not the only thing they're using, but they're using uh things that you know are pervasive that have a uh, hollow structure in order to uh, disseminate then some of this nanotechnology, at least for their research, pur- research quote unquote, purposes. But yeah.
1: We've been s- seeing an uptick in <laughs> a term that I never thought I would say, turbo cancer. And I'm curious, we, you know, we, we sort of know we've been complaining and talking about the American healthcare system, but I'm curious what happens in Canada, uh, Graham, when, when you're on a socialized medicine program and and a disproportionate number of people come down with the same thing at roughly the same time and kind of clog up the system, like what happens when you guys get your turbo cancer run, like we're getting here or all of the other associated vaccine related uh, side effects? Like What happens when everybody needs a cardiologist tomorrow and there aren't enough <laughs> to go around?
7: Well, they probably already have to wait like two or three months as it Which, is. So.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, can, could you explain what the system is currently like? Even like maybe even. Well, pre- oh,
7: yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause I, I can't really explain too much. I just know the system doesn't work. And it's, and it's, it's, a, there's a couple of hospitals in BC that are struggling right now. There's even, they're even coming out of the media that the, the, uh the doctors are coming out and saying like, our emergency room is going to collapse. Like there's not, so there's, there's obviously a lot of people going to the emergency which, you know, you'd think it would be getting better, but not worse. And then there's less people working. They're still not allowing the people that are unjabbed back. So there's a whole perfect storm of things going on there. But I would say that it's already like three, six months, nine months to get any of these special procedures done. So that's just going to extend it to a year or two. I think, you know, there'll be, there'll be, uh, it's already, the system's already sort of under um, an immense amount of weight of of just uh, waste and, and, Oh, it's just terrible. So I I can't see how it's gonna gonna make it through this. Really,
1: that goes to Clint's point about the left wanting so wanting the government to get involved in healthcare, and it's like no, no, no. Just look at Canada. <laughs> it sucks there, and they're and oh, yeah, they're, yeah. And they're you not believe,
7: you believe how for chronic thirty issues, trillion in it's, debt. It's, it's terrible for chronic issues. They can't they can't help people. They just, I mean, they can help it them by, sucks, you know bringing in the maid service, but what's that?
5: It always sucks. <laughs> Because growing up in Canada, I, I, I maybe the socialism is they bring it in, and initially it looks, it feels like, oh, this is great. Like I was listening to an interview with Mickey Willis, and he was saying that the youth is like, oh, this is great. I you know I I get to get high every day, and I get uh, a check. Or during the lockdown, so is it a is it a slow creep because. I, I grew up thinking, oh, I have healthcare. And then when I came to the United States, and I got into an accident, and I wasn't insured, I was shit out of luck. So
7: yeah, I think it's a slow creep. I mean, it's uh, what was I gonna say that's they can't they can't do anything for chronic chronic stuff right now. But yeah. it is there is a there is way less stress because if you get hurt, you can just go to the hospital, right? You don't have to worry about that bill. So there, of course, there's a. For for immediate emergencies and stuff, there's definitely a you know a comfort level there where I can just get taken care of. But it's it's all the chronic stuff and and the long term wait. It's like you got to wait so long for to get your knee looked at uh, that your knee ends ends up in you know healing on its own before you even get a chance to get a get a yeah. You know, an ultrasound or whatever you need to do.
6: But if well. the chronic pain gets bad enough, you have you know suicide options. So yeah, it's, not, maids, it's not as if they oh yeah, offer you, you nothing.
7: Bring get the maids right. right. There is made you
4: know, you're medically assisted dying. Yeah. Um, when I when I was growing up, we spent a lot of our family vacations in Canada, and I one of us would, uh, would get sick, and we would end up having to end our vacation early and come home because by the time we got seen, <laughs> the vacation would be over, and so it was just like easier. For my parents to just pack us up early and bring us home because then wait, you know, on this waiting list. Um, but I remember because I was so frustrated by that uh, when I got to high school, I was on the debate team and the topic was the universalized healthcare. And I remember always being traumatized by having to end our family vacations early (laughs) in Canada. I was like, there is no way I want to bring that here. (laughs) So I mean, I didn't have like a whole, uh, obviously, then I had to do actual research and learn, you know, what what was involved. But all I knew was I was traumatized because all of our family vacations, not all of them, but a lot of them, because one of us was always sick. We're ending early. So My,
5: my mom in Ottawa, tells me, maybe I'm not allowed to go see another doctor. And I'm like, what do you mean? What is this like you're not allowed to go get another doctor? And I still don't get it. I don't know if you could tell me, Graham, it wasn't like that when I was in Canada.
7: No, I don't know why why it's like that. I mean, my girlfriend who has chronic issues... She has a, a condition that they they don't they can't do anything for. They 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 won't even listen to the American experts who we've spent hundreds of dollars to talk to to give them like their number to call them and say hey this is like the leading edge sort of treatment we recommend. They won't even fucking touch it. But they she can go to as many doctors as she wants, and she just has to. The system isn't really connected, so she has to just go do all these things over again. She can get another X ray and another ultrasound and another test and another test. So she's just spending all her time getting tests. And nobody does anything for it.
5: Well, that sounds like chronic illness, even in in America. I mean, having dealt with lupus and and was told there's no cure, and they gave me prednisone and Celexa, and I was like, "Oh yeah, watch me, motherfuckers." Yeah, you and, got, you have and, some
7: at least you have some independent uh, hospitals and stuff, or or independent clinics that seem to be sort of you know ours. You can't really do anything outside. There's not really much outside the system, right? It's either the system or you can do it outside but you're paying for it all through the nose anyway so all the taxes we pay for healthcare all the relief we get is outside of that system
5: but but the thing is that it's it's the same thing here for this PRP treatment i i had to pay 800 dollars then insurance is not going to cover anything that really brings any any health to yeah you. that's a good
7: point it's probably very similar that your insurance is probably similar to our government the way the way it works like that
0: i but yeah. i I have this love- um so being born in Portugal obviously uh besides America, most of the the Western world has universal health care, and it is an issue I mean without a doubt, it's not perfect, but I also know plenty of people who have health issues or get in an accident or whatever and spend their whole lives paying off medical bills, you know, and that is a also crappy rabbit hole to be down and stuck, and so it's like I don't know. Like, I see both sides of the argument. I'm like, neither of them are perfect. Neither of them are good, you know? And that's why I brought up earlier. I'm like, maybe we needed to stop trying to figure out how to fix, you know, uh, our method of getting prescription drugs and just say, Hey, fuck prescription drugs. Take care of your own health. Like, do your own, don't, don't sit to your doctors. Do your own research and, and take health into your own hands. And of course, there are going to be, circumstances where you can't do that because you do need to get cat scans or x-rays or whatever and and for those cases that you know th- they are necessary but also like don't just take you know they're not don't put the experts on this pedestal where their advice is the only one that you consider and i've told the show that's
5: sh- the key ricky yeah it
0: is the key i mean i've told this story a billion times on my show because i think it's so crucial about uh jim abrams the, the filmmaker who did Naked Gun and and all those hilarious movies, and how he had a son who had these violent seizures, hundreds of them a day, and he he went to every expert, and he this was the the, the peak of his film career, so he had access to all the best hospitals, all the best doctors, and they basically just kept giving him pill after pill. They even gave him a surgery, um, and nothing would fix the issue. Then doing his own research, you know, and this is why I bring this up. He was doing his own research. Runs into a study by John Hopkins from the early seventies, where uh, they found some success in putting kids on the ketogenic diet and using a dietary method to cure these children of uh, these violent seizures. It it was working, so he, you know, they they showed success in these in this uh, these studies. So he ends up bringing it up to his doctor. His doctor says, "Sounds difficult." And then he, I wouldn't do it. It sounds difficult. He's like, more difficult than my kid having violent seizures every day. So he puts his kid on uh, on uh, the ketogenic diet, cures him of all these seizures, and starts a foundation called the Charlie Foundation, named after his son. And basically, the Charlie Foundation looks at dietary ways of curing and preventing disease. And this was a guy who had access to all the best experts, and he assumed if it wasn't suggested by his doctor. It was either one didn't, the, the you know, a dis other, a alternative solution didn't exist. Or if you heard about it, it must be pseudoscience because your doctor is not suggesting it. So th- that's why the story is important because so many people are, are stuck in that box where it's just like, well, I've heard of this, but if my doctor's not suggesting it and if he's not mentioning it, it must not work. It must not ask be- Ask your doctor. Ask your doctor. Ask. <laughs>
8: <laughs> and to your point, Ricky, you know, there's a big difference between like trauma and wellness, right? You know, if I've got a gunshot wound, I'm, I'm going to go to the doctor. Uh, wellness, that's a big old, you know, ball of wax there. And, you know, the, what we were talking about before, you know, the bad food, vicious cycle, right? The bad food leads to poor mental acuity, which leads to laziness, which leads to poor physical health, which leads to the point where it's like, oh, well, I guess it's just easier. I'm already lazy and fat. Might as well just take what this person's going to give me. And uh, maybe that'll fix it. And if not, you know, hey, I tried. I'm the victim here, right? I've, I've given away my agency at that point. And therefore, I can't be wrong because it's, it's the experts that, that gave, uh, <laughs> gave us this uh, recommendation. And um, we were talking about ticks earlier a couple times between the limes and the venom and um, I was listening to the New Agenda show yesterday, and they were talking about the Crimean Congo hemorrhagic fever as being kind of like that next evolution, that next kind of COVID attempt. And I'm wondering if any of you guys have heard anything about it or have done any research into it, because uh, you know they were saying it had legs. I was kind of looking into it a little bit, but you was know, I, Ebola
9: I... a hemorrhagic fever isn't that what Ebola was supposed to be? Hi, so Monica. Hi, Mario. <laughs> I and i remember the ebola thing I, I was still like vaguely not sure every single thing was fake and they had i saw a uh signs in wherever it was that ebola was was hitting saying ebola is real yeah. Remember? And then I remember when it came to this country, first of all, like the guy, the doctor who had it was Samaritan at Samaritan's purse. And I was like, well, obviously. And then if you dig into that stuff, Samaritan's purse and doctors at borders, like they're definitely deep state. They do real things like always these things do real things, but then it looks like there's obviously deep state connections. If you scratch the surface there and then like two, not even, not even two weeks, after, remember there was a young nurse, I think in Dallas who had it and got over it and like everybody else had died. And they got
5: interferon. No one else did, but the white people got the
9: interferon. I have a picture. Oh, maybe it's easy as that, but I don't even, I'm not even sure what it was. I mean, they caught people putting formaldehyde in the drinking water, which would formaldehyde would do the exact same thing. But I saw a picture of her hugging Obama at the white house. And I was like, this can't be, you know, there's not a chance in the world, like not a chance in the world that that they just came up with this miracle cure. She's the only person who ever survived and they and she, she's hugging Obama. So maybe it's maybe it's coming. But I think like with AZT and ventilators and stuff, they decide how bad it is.
5: Well, I, w- I would like to say that before the RONA hit um, and and those of us covering vaccine safety, we knew something was was going to come when they introduced vaccine hesitancy in uh, October or September, and I started writing for Dr. Sherry Tenpenny a series on Ebola and looking at the folklore or the virus hunters because patient zero is always fuzzy. You never know who patient zero is, even though oftentimes it happens inside a a, a hospital from a vaccine. Um, but now now they're talking about and NEPA, which I don't know if it's hemorrhagic, but to your point, they do have things that they can roll out with a higher RO and a higher fatality rate if they so wanted. And they ex- oftentimes do experiment in in other countries and then bring it here. You do. Just to add to I what know, you're saying,
4: Jeff. I know. I, I don't know how many of you are following uh, George Webb's whole Corona Thrax. Yeah. So, I mean, it sounds like there there was definitely a, a groundwork uh, laid with the whole anthrax experiments and, uh, of course, the anthrax fear-mongering they did as well. But it makes me wonder if uh, there's something in that vein that they're looking to roll out next time. Because I think one of the things that was interesting just about that was when they first tried to scare everyone with COVID, they kept saying that it lingered for a very long time on uh, surfaces. And... It, for anybody and this not the fomites the fomites right right but this is not to you know regardless of what people think about viruses but if you believe traditional virology which most people who were buying this narrative do then you would not believe that it lasts like on a table for you know long enough that you, you have to wipe it off when one person goes and you know the next at a supermarket or wherever it may be. Um, but the narrative just didn't add up. It's like if you believe the traditional viruses narrative, then it doesn't make sense. That really would apply to bacteria, which is, you know, anthrax is a, more of a bacterial. So it just, when you talk about Ebola, all of these things, it I, I feel like it the logical thing, not to give them any ideas, the logical thing would be for them to merge some sort of gain of function with some sort of a bacterial if they're looking to do something that's, Yeah.
5: I was say, Tau Dr. Tao Braun says that they are using already bacteria, and I posted something about E. coli. They're using E. coli, and he would go as far as to say uh, that the assault on, you know, or campaigns against these beer fact, these beer companies is that they want to take over to start growing bacteria on a grander. I, I've
4: heard that. The you other thing have? that. You- I have. I've heard that they're using uh, like the old beer factories uh, in as a, like bacteria farms. Um, yeah. And the, here's right. the other really scary thing about that, though, is that they're talking <laughs> about having a, a ba- an antibiotic shortage. They've already started saying that. I, I don't remember which pharmaceutical company it is, but they've, they've been saying that there is a antibiotic sor- shortage and that it may go like worldwide.
1: Well, let's so, definitely piss off China since they control 97% of the antibiotics that we get and pharmaceuticals and all that. That's a really good idea. Let's, let's do that. Let's agitate them. You mentioned, uh, the, I'm not familiar with what George Webb was talking about. I, I didn't hear his work with regard to anthrax and COVID, but there is a common denominator between those two. I don't know if he mentioned it or not, but there's a guy named Thomas Inglesby and that dude is all over the... Uh, the events in advance, uh, the event 201, Crimson Contagion, all the these simulations that are run in, in anticipation of an event and then miraculously, the event winds up happening just like the simulation. That guy's involved in all of them. And he's involved What's in... What's his the- name again? Thomas Inglesby. And he's a Johns Hopkins deep state scumbag.
5: And Ingle's B, non Ingle's right? Is that his official title?
1: That's his official title. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you, can, get, you can catch him at the at, at event two hundred one, <laughs> running that. You know, so you know, uh, it's so much of this is narrative yes. too. You know, right. you've yes, got at
9: the table at event two hundred one. I yeah. remember him. Yes, I do. That was he yeah. was a well. He was involved in,
1: in, the, in the in the anthrax. Simulations as well. He was running those. And so there's this, there's this connection, you know, we gotta get the messaging right. It's right. just not, not enough to just have an outbreak, right? We had like what's the messaging going to be for right. the outbreak? how are we well, going that's... to manage it? How are we gonna produce this show made for television <laughs> event? Right. So it's 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 not a question of of if we're going to get another one of these. It's just when. When are we right. gonna get COVID two electric boogaloo? Like Next year, election, like around the election, like what next kind of year. fuckery do they have planned on the schedule, on the calendar for this? Because, you know, it's coming and, you know, it's going to come at a certain time because they're they're managing it, the process. Right. So so when yeah. does it come next? You know, like what's I want to the-
9: look up. They, they have these guys who do the scenario analysis. They're called futurists. And one of them, which was connected to that whole thing, too, is Peter Schwartz who was at uh, Stanford Research Institute, which he might or might not have worked on, Siri, which stands for Stanford Research Institute. (laughs) That's how I discovered it. They definitely worked
1: on remote viewing. We know
9: that. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he was involved in the Esalen Institute back in the day. He did that 2010 technology.
4: um, What was his name again? Sorry.
9: This guy's name is Peter Schwartz. He's considered a futurist, but there's the thing called the Global Business Network, which is the company that... Um, who conducts these scenarios, but it's I've always thought it would be interesting to just see what this guy says and and then you'll know you'll even be one step ahead of the next scenario that's going to be one step ahead of the next hemorrhagic fever. Or monkeypox. Because I want to get the to domain.
1: Monkeypox. I want to get the domain name first. <laughs> you know, I want to get right. monkeypox.com monkeypox, before anybody it's else. No, monkeypox is around. m-pox. Says
2: m-pox Monkeypox is racist, Charlie. Get it right. Which Charlie. is so racist, racist to say that that is racist <laughs> is
9: the most racist thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Just well, say a little. If, <sighs>
6: if I were to put it's on so my great. my monocle and my trench coat and and uh, sit in a smoke filled room, my guess would be that they're saving it for whenever the economic consequences are truly being felt from the uh, the money printing and lockdowns. So uh, I think we got a little bit of time, but probably not a ton. Uh, so that's my expectation is it's gonna be a diversion to try and keep us from <laughs> revolting. Uh, that would but, be my guess.
1: And that and that would actually be the best case scenario because the worst case scenario is World War III to use oh, as the cover true. to yeah. to mask this economic collapse. So I, I guess maybe we're just gonna be stuck with hemorrhagic fever.
9: You know what's interesting about the economic thing, not to completely turn like 90 degrees, though, is that they, uh, I think, I believe that they inflated and whatever, did this entire thing. Like, I think a main reason that they did COVID when they did it is that we were up against, and I always think of Charlie's like controlled demolition of the uh, American economy. That they were getting ready, they they were running out of um, runway. They had an eleven-year expansion and two and a half percent interest rates. They absolutely had to get them back up to say five percent, and this was an opportunity to create massive, massive inflation. But that in itself makes me think that they're going for another round of this monetary system. That they're trying that that they're doing like another ten-year thing, and I just wonder if you know if it, when you say like we've got a little time maybe it's just going to be next year but i feel like they're i feel like they're they are they could have orchestrated the collapse now but they did this instead
6: but i actually i actually agree with your assessment there um cuz if they if they wanted to just let the hyperinflationary death spiral occur and transition to a central bank digital currency they could have done so i mean the inflate the, the money had been printed all you had to do was basically keep interest rates at, at the zero bound as it had been for many many years, and it would have it would have naturally occurred. So I think that the fact that they they went through an aggressive interest rate hiking cycle tells me that the Federal Reserve or the old money crowd uh, has opted to de- to delay the day they're of reckoning. Ready. And the, yeah, they're not ready for the CBDC. That's my read. What about a cyber attack? We keep talking about viruses. The next
0: big thing being—I uh, mean, I, I think maybe the cyber attack is. Uh, I mean, they seem like they're slowly planting a seed and and kind of talking about it, discussing it, getting people kind of uh, worried about it. Uh, I mean, why not take down the internet? You know, uh,
4: maybe that's why they're not ready for the CBDCs because the cyber attack would kind of put a monkey wrench in that. Or maybe they'll
9: like they'll come together in that moment because this thing like AI hitting the news all at once. And they've even yeah. said, like, we're not reporting anything new. We're just all reporting it at once. You know, they just oh, something happened. These guys like got too aggressive, jumped the gun, and now we're just releasing everything. I mean, that was obviously timed for a reason. Yes. Yeah.
8: You know, I go back and forth on the cyber attack thing because, you know, that that's been one of my bigger f- I guess you could call it fears or concerns because, you know, that's how all of us communicate. But then, you know, I've heard it brought up that it's, it's the panacea for the masses in the sense like if people stop looking at TikTok doom scrolling for most of their day, I think a lot of people would be kind of pissed off after a little bit. And I think it would just kind of almost work against them. And they've word gamed that a little bit somehow. Like it's, I feel like that's like it almost a last resort. Like I'm sure there's plenty of ways of uh, making a lot of chaos and with uh, focused attacks and, if Mike were here, I'm sure he would uh, inform us all about how they could do that. But I don't know if like the Internet kill switch is. Uh,
0: but what do don't you think that that's exactly why it would work? Because everybody would be so upset that and then we'd be like government, please don't don't let this happen to us again. I want to scroll on Instagram and TikTok and don't you know, let's whatever we need to do, let's invest, like s- protect us from this. Right.
1: Well, OK, but it's going to need we're going to need a digital
8: ID. Yeah, fair enough. Where you go to your friendly neighborhood conspiracy theorist and like, hey, what, what were you saying about all that stuff all those years that I chose not to uh, listen to?
1: Problem reaction solution, an internet false flag that creates the opportunity for them to mandate a digital ID. We would have known who this person was, but they were using a VPN and now we couldn't save those 33, 33, 33 children that were shot at a school. (laughs) You know what I
9: mean? That's the Respect Act. The Respect Act, the Restrict Act, the Restrict Act doesn't really ban TikTok. I don't think there's, it's like so sloppily written and vague and whatever. I can't imagine it passing, but. I feel like just like CISPA and SOPA, they're not going to get a pass. But each one of those things will happen probably because of a false flag. So I'm look now. I am actually waiting for specific false flags to usher in these what I call like crisis policy. But I have to coin a phrase for Jeff. Like TikTok is the opiate of IGen. <laughs> so or the, Yeah.
8: And and maybe it true. is just like the amount of time it's down, right? Like even if it was just the power grid going down, if people didn't have their medication for even a few days, you know, most diabetics are out of the equation. You know, like it, it doesn't have to be a long term thing. And then to Charlie's point and all that, like, oh, here's the solution. Uh, you see how all your friends died, the ones who uh just ate nothing but high fructose corn syrup? Yeah. Uh you don't trans want that to happen people, to you, do you.
9: Trans people are gonna have to have their meds and There are problems. Yeah, there's a lot of things that are permanently
4: stuck in the eye. Created like a lifelong pharmaceutical client with them.
7: Well, have you guys seen the the murmurings right now about all the military movement in the States and in Canada? And that people are saying that this, what you guys are talking about is going to happen soon, like this weekend, like this... That they're gonna, you know, shut down the internet and then bring out, you know, it's gonna be like martial law in all the in all the cities. And Mass arrests. S- That's Jade Helm, not, you know, 2015. Gonna, Remember that? Remember people that?
9: Sa- actually, people that isn't even in LA. People are like, oh, I know a guy who's in the service, and he's saying blah blah blah. Right. I bet and maybe then, just and then they're gonna they're to come back out. with the
7: CBDCs. Like the internet will go down, however they'll do that, and then come back with the IDs and the CBDCs. I don't
5: know. So is there is there really more military tanks than than usual? Because I was told, oh, this is always happening. It's not more than than the usual. What what's I the truth? Because I've heard that as well.
7: I don't know. I'm very skeptical of it too. I think like, why is this going viral now? Why are people all of a sudden showing videos of all this military stuff? Like my first initial reaction is like, don't attach anything to this yet. It, until- it's the
1: boiling pot. You know, it just keep. Keep us just a little... But just that's also part
5: care. of the design. Yeah.
1: Just keep us not on. Believing edge.
5: Anything. But not believing anything is also part of the design of the objective. And then it's like they could easily if you study bioweapons, these virus hunters, they are you know, we didn't we haven't talked yet about S V forty being um, programmed into yeah into the shots. So clearly they can f us up if they want to so while people are like ah oh, no this is another hoax and then just putting it up
0: well bio i mean even lyme disease was maybe a bioweapon right we had chris yeah. newby on my show i know and then we eventually we ended up having her on the you wanted yeah. and you know she was a scientist who went on vacation in the east coast got some disease that everybody misdiagnosed in the west coast when she went back home was bedridden for a couple years couldn't figure out what it was and then she got really intrigued with like what what, what's going on with this lyme disease how come nobody really understands it or know its origin story or anything like that and then come to find out she uncovers that it is more than likely a bioweapon and
5: and then you have tix again looking at the saliva that is venomous and i think she's the one who also did she did bitten but she also did a film that was playing at the sedona film festival at the same time my b movie was coming out called under your skin under my skin which scared the bejeezes out of me i don't know if any of you have seen it
8: well if i were to design a bioweapon man limes is pretty much like point for point someone really close to me dealt with it for a very long time still dealing with it um characterized by black fits of rage couldn't get out of their own way like couldn't make doctor's appointments couldn't get out of bed like it was you know, it, it kind of did both sides, right? It like completely paralyzed them to be like a normal functioning human being. And then also led to them lashing out and, you know, ripping doors off the hinges and, and punching holes in walls and not remembering it. And like Manchurian candidates, that like there's, there's so many elements to it that really freaked me out. And, you know, I'm kind of surprised we're not seeing more of an uptick of it
0: for whatever, tick pun,
8: yes. um, of it for some reason, but. And well, it's, it's weird, because right,
9: isn't knows. it not easy to it, diagnose?
0: No, it's, my mother has it, had it, has it. I mean, she still has symptoms from it. She was misdiagnosed too. Uh, She has like tons of health issues now that only came about after getting Lyme disease. Like so many, like, and she's convinced, well, and I don't know, because my mom's one of those people that she, she, I, you know, she doesn't take uh, responsibility for any of her lack of uh, taking care of herself. So she's, you know, she blames everything on Lyme disease, you know, it's so it's like she was late to my kid's birthday party because of Lyme disease. I'm kidding. But it was, uh, you know, it, it just she has like joint issues, digestive issues, like all these things started happening after getting Lyme disease that it's hard for me not to connect the dots and think that it must be related. My daughter during covid because uh, in the East Coast we have ticks everywhere, and everybody's petrified of, of potentially getting Lyme disease. It's actually quite common over here, and my uh, my daughter got it because we were playing soccer outside during COVID. Um, you know, we're at the park or whatever, and uh, and then she had a tick. We found a tick on her uh, later that night. Pulled it off. Um, the we called the pediatrician at the time. They're like, "Don't bring her in because it's COVID and blah blah blah." So we're like, "Well." Like, we're concerned because it could be Lyme disease, and we just want to get her looked at. And uh, and we saw the ring the next day. And then we're, so we call them back. We're like, hey, this is like serious. It's Lyme disease. I'm like, you know, of course, because my mother had it, I was freaking out. I'm like, no, we need to get this taken care of immediately. They gave her two weeks of antibiotics, which obviously, like, you know, anybody who's in the health knows that, you know, being on antibiotics for long periods of time is not a good thing. But it did. completely get the uh, get the Lyme disease out of her system and she's fine. She's absolutely fine. And it just showed like the drastic differences of like, okay, you diagnose it correctly immediately you yes. get on antibiotics, it's not, it's like not a thing. Like it was
5: antibiotics like- only work, sorry to cut you off, they only work in the beginning, if it's embedded in you and there is a bacterial component, then antibiotics are not, especially also looking at the person's history. If I'm working with someone and they were like me, grew up taking antibiotics like candy, I'm allergic to all of them, then it's, oh. not, it's not an option. Um, but well, if it's food, treated right? quickly, then, and the
0: majority of our food like what is it like 80 some ridiculous percentage miriam you would know like what percentage of antibiotics goes to our food you know is in our food it's like it goes to our yeah, uh,
4: glyphosate our because glyphosate is in our soil and glyphosate is essentially an antibiotic so yeah
0: we're becoming yeah. immune to them yeah yeah well
5: there's the antibiotic resistance epidemic is is real and also like in other parts of the world let's say i was in um studying permaculture and was in. Nicaragua, you can just walk into the pharmacy and self-prescribe. And my friend, I I diagnosed him. I'm like, dude, you have hepatitis. And he was going to go take an antibiotic. And I'm like, don't do it. And when I looked up the literature, that specific antibiotic actually can give you <laughs> hepatitis. So it was good. He didn't take it. It's not like the end all be all. I know some people who would disagree but again it depends on your personal history like when i did after i interviewed artists about um, parasites and i went to the parasitology lab that he recommended in my poop it came up that i was allergic to all antibiotics so if something happens i'm shit out of luck and that's why i also sell silver four thousand ppm silver because it can act speaking of that
0: yeah, yeah do you want to screen? Do you want to we're,
1: we're gonna Re- Ricky and we said we were gonna go an hour and a half and we were gonna wrap up, but I wanted to I wanted to say with the honey colony, you guys having a sale?
5: We are um transitioning after ha- having an economic embezzler, so we're moving things to simply transformative, and I'm fixing my magazine that will reside on Honey Colony, so we are having a big sale, like a big sale.
1: Cool and honey re- and you've rec- you recent i just wanted to i wanted to plug it and your new substack you. is out too that's
2: where can true. we find Thanks it Charlie.
5: That's that sweet scott armstrong is helping me where can we find it You mean the address what,
1: not what your, your house Mary of M- course but you know where's M- the know, best place to know, find I'm your work your I'm
4: not your
5: address not that address no no maryminning.substack.com <laughs> M- and then people can come to honeycolony.com and use belady15 for a discount and yeah. I guess we're plugging ourselves so i'll just you can find my show on fridays i think this friday is um, my interview with jennifer sharp a little late but the, the director of anecdotals um regarding vaccine injuries and i'm also a functional medicine coach and consultant through ifm and i have a detox guide for vaccine injured people i'd love to to speak to Susie off, off after the show, but just to tell the audience that not, I published it on Smashwords and not only did they delete my ebook, but all my other ebooks and my profile of six years. So you could find that detox guide. It's a collection of protocols on MiriamHinane.com. Thank you.
0: Thank well, you. Well, that, uh, because I think Monica, I, I Monica didn't share her thoughts. We're talking about the, uh, the RFK junior podcast with uh, Rogan. Oh, um, i
9: haven't seen it yet i gotta see it i'm so sus of uh you know everything
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh my god you sound like my kids
9: (laughs) i just can't you know i mean rfk was the little junior was the black sheep and i wonder if they got him a role to play and i don't know i mean i hate to be super cynical and as a matter of fact i always loved ron paul and he could you could say the same thing about him like libertarianism isn't going to fight the new world order
0: yeah no i i i understand the skepticism i do but you know i i've even had people reach out to me listeners of my show and they're just like rick how do you not see it you know he's not one of us and he you know and i'm just like he was on the biggest show on the planet and he did two hours of just completely destroying Vaccine, you know, uh, science, like the mainstream narrative on vaccines. I'm like, how can that be a bad thing? Like, I just don't understand. Like, how people, and I know I'm going to get listeners who are pissed at me for saying this because it just, there. Do we get to a point where it's just like we? I don't know. I mean, we get. Yeah,
9: what's the point of that sentence? But I will say, how can it be a bad thing? I personally have a mantra: like, I get more out of limited hangouts than they get out of me because i'm not going to listen to the punchline so they spend all this time putting together reasons to believe in him reasons to buy into the cult of personality which is true for ron paul for trump for a lot of people tucker carlson probably and then in the end when they deliver you know you can trust me you know me we have to have World War Three right now. Like, you know, and a lot of times it's something totally not in the thing that they were talking about in the first place. And there's also this element of, you know, you have to have two sides of everything and you have to have a robust fight. And if you don't have a robust fight with well-defined parameters on each side, you might have some rogue influencer who says truth that doesn't fit in either of the baskets he isn't a deplorable and he isn't an irrational and you know people could think and listen so I I feel like there are reasons that some of these people seem good but are playing their role in a loosely scripted plan that is unfolding according to the script however I think that all of that indicates that we do have some control and they don't have total, you know, they have to deal with human nature, which is is random. Like chaos theory, free will, these things are their problem and they, they structure it this way, but we can still think and I don't have to believe in him to tell the difference between when he says something true and and not. But a lot of people, I don't know if they can.
7: I agree with you Ricky. I'm I'm there too. I'm like how can that be a bad thing? That was the biggest blow to the childhood vaccine issue ever. I mean, unbelievable. So how can that be like how can bringing all that forward in such a way that he did it where it seemed very genuine, you know, he didn't even have any notes there. He just knew it all. Um, you know, you but really can't bad argue bad with them. They don't, they can't debate, they can't debate them on that. I mean, it's it's how can that be? It's hard for me to imagine the controlled op. I mean, but I try to see the bigger picture too that that uh, this is about sort of corralling like both sides of it. But it's, yeah, it seems very risky.
0: Well, it's just like when people would say that that Rogan's a shill. And sorry, Charlie, I know we messed up your whole exit. But uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Sorry,
9: Charlie. There's
0: a, the, the thing is like when they say Rogan's a shill, I'm like, that's not, they're like, oh, but he's had this person on who said this. I'm like, yeah, but I'm like, he had Dr. Sanjay Gupta on not to promote him, but to debate him. Um, I'm like, OK, um, you you take some good with some bad. Like there's going to I'm not that's saying
9: different. Rogan's different because he's he's a, a host. He doesn't have to be a believer. He doesn't you don't have to believe him as a personality. If they no, say for a
0: long time, don't wouldn't you agree that you thought it was unfair that he would have people on like Dr. or Dr. Hotes, but would not have somebody from the other side of the the argument. Oh,
9: I think they tell him that at this point he has parameters too, but that I think should be pretty straightforward. It's like, all right, well, he's not doing everything. had to back off the moon landing to keep his job. Okay, fine. You know, like that doesn't bother me, but this other guy might be leading the charge on some kind of radical climate policy and he's got us all believing because I I, I don't care. Like, I'm not saying like, we need to believe that he's I shall. I'm just saying, I think that to have leaders because Rogan is a he's an influencer, but he's not a leader and he's not taking the place of somebody who's running. I don't know. I mean, but
0: but people listen to him like, you know, even if he says, oh, I'm just an idiot comedian, blah, blah, blah. Like when the pandemic happened and he had that, uh, I forgot the actual show that was on who scared the crap out of everybody. Uh, people, the—I mean, I had people arguing with me. They're like, "Hey, don't you like Rogan? Rogan even th- is taking this seriously." I'm this like, "This is
9: the problem. That's what I'm saying. Like, wh- I think we are critical thinkers and we can think through this. But, but the real problem. And the more I do this, and the more callers I had, and the more I could hear people talk about Trump, like he." You know, liked Trump, even though he never defended the Constitution, but would hate Obama because he never uh, defended the Constitution. I was like, oh, I see. You're not really thinking. And that is our problem. And then I start questioning democracy, which is okay because I'm an anarcho capitalist.
1: <laughs> Hell so yeah, I'm you like, are.
9: I hear you. I'm just saying. Like, I get it. I get what you're saying. But here's the problem because there are people who are influenced. The demos, the demos is influenced.
0: Come,
4: no, on, Courtney. Is- come on back me up here <laughs> i well i i definitely i think with, when it comes to rogan i would agree with that i mean i i think and i definitely agree that he has parameters at this point i mean you know he he's he's owned by spotify who's owned by big pharma so if we're gonna exactly. kind of pretend that he doesn't have some sort of parameters with which he has to stay in in order yeah, to don't you think position, that if, if that was a little naive what
0: but don't you think like if that is the case like if there's ever a time to jump in and and have some restrictions on who he's going to have on the show having somebody like robert kennedy jr during the moment where his popularity is growing like if you're gonna have if somebody controls his, his, the show to some extent or he has some um some lines he can't cross like he must have crossed it because you just had
4: I oh I don't think so. I think so credible that, is I'll more, say, what?
1: Incredible. that and, it, and maybe the debate. Would never yeah, happen. Yeah,
4: exactly. So I maybe they would never
1: allow the debate them. to happen. It
4: won't happen. Yeah, I think RFK. Peace? You know, he's not going to do it anyway. I, one of the things I will say, like, just take the the politics in terms of as far as like candidates and parties, all of that go. Take that out of the equation. What I do really like is, and this is actually why a lot of people like Trump, because and back in the day, you know, like initially, because he brought up conversations that people weren't having prior to him. You know, I I would argue like. Maybe Ken Kennedy, JFK, had some of those for his time. But even he didn't have nearly the type of discussions that Trump was having. You know, e- e- and again, you, you have to look at the time, the time period, because, you know. What's and, and where 2020? did it
9: get us? That's what we said back in the day. Like, OK, if at the end of four years we're in, we're closer to where you want to be as a country, then I'll believe that Trump is Batman. But in the meanwhile, <laughs> like I don't yeah, I think he's just pulling well, back the arrow and it's going to fly.
4: I So I do. I think there's, you know, a lot of political theater. I do think there is a loose script. But what I will say is that, and and I think this speaks to your point, Monica, is that what we've forgotten is if we believe at all in, you know, the idea of America, the idea was the experiment of self-governance. And I think that that's the component that we have really forgotten because people are looking constantly to glorify someone who's going to save us and take us out of this whole math or point the finger and vilify them that they're the root of all the problem. And wh- whether or not you like RFK as a candidate or you like Trump as a candidate, uh, I think it's a little less relevant right now. What I think is great, though, is and they're actually in some ways diametrically opposed, which would make sense for, you know, the, the theater that they're uh, and the script that they're trying to bring forth. But they're both bringing forth conversations, very different conversations that were very taboo to have, in, you know, 10 years ago, you would not have these conversations. And I love that I'm seeing people on both sides of the aisle, the middle of the aisle, outside the aisle, having these conversations. And maybe, just maybe people will remember That it was of the people by the people for the people. And maybe they will remember that it is supposed to be an experiment of self-governance, which means that it is really up to we the people to save us. It is up to we the people to save this great experiment if you believe it was a great experiment. I think Joe
1: Biden's gonna come parachuting in at the last minute with his pants full of shit and save the day for everybody involved. I have a feeling it's going to happen. I, I want to get have Matt I think
4: enough imagination yeah, to envision I, this, but now I'm to get you Matt in. Uh, yeah.
1: uh since he's since he since he's uh he we brought in the relief pitcher to close out the game matt errett unlimited hangout the last american vagabond what's going on what are you working on lately every time i yeah,
9: every time that, you send I stuff that if
10: biden has been the the sleeper the, the the patriotic sleeper just just faking it the whole time that he's this delusional nut job and actually this whole time he's the he's the thing QAnon has been waiting for it's 5d uh- chess <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: for
10: the right time. And <laughs> and a half the chest. Yeah, yeah, what a ridiculous thing. Well, no, I, I mean, I, I think for myself, like the the thing that I, I find, well, what I really liked about what was just being said that I was listening to is just the uh, the idea of 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 uh, the United States as as an experiment that had never been done before in in practice. It had been an idea uh, for thousands of years, but n- wasn't really actualized in any way in practical the real practical world um until a very specific moment in the that that most canadians have all been trained to hate and despise because canadians are part of the british you know uh the british monarchical system and we were always taught to believe that we're the good the good children of the monarchy because we never like fought for anything or bled for anything so we just knew and had the patience and wisdom to know that if we stayed loyal to her majesty and the grandeur of the british the british crown then eventually rights and freedoms would be granted to us if we were patient and we were and they are and we are free <laughs> and it's like fucking insane but but honestly like this is like some garbage that's been honed for generations fed to, to so, grandparents and great-grandparents of, uh, of Canadians and we've forgotten that like no we we're a nation founded on a bunch of on, I'm, I'm sorry I'll be harsh maybe there were good people in the mix but a bunch of for the English Canadians at least the United Empire loyalists who hated and despised the concept of the American Revolution and wanted to remain loyal uh, to the British global system? And for the longest time, the British Empire was the only world government, right? The sun never set on the British Empire, so I mean that was that was a world government. It wasn't a government of just people in funny suits, funny red suits, suppressing na- natives. It was also a it was primarily a system of global banking, global finance. The city of London back then, just like today, was the, the nerve center of global global influence, intelligence operations. You know we're we integrated with Hellfire Club operations of, of pedophilia racket, you know, like the worst shit you could imagine was what was going on back in the back in the day. So it was it was a multifaceted beast, just like today. Maybe the costumes changed. And that's what Canada stayed loyal to. And John Adams made the point that the United, the, the United States Republic is, is, a, is a new type of society that is that is designed for a moral, a moral and religious people and is wholly unfit for any other. And as soon as you lose those those conditions upon which the democratic republic of the united states requires you know it it needs it needs to have that type of cultural elevated level of of self-discipline people who are like you know mature who can like live with their conscience and 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 use their sovereign powers of reason in order to have a sovereign nation you have to have sovereign people meaning people who are informed and moral um if you lose that you you can't have a republic it'll be a republican name only it'll be demagogues running the show they and even people in the cage,
4: uh, cave. Right. They even said that in terms of the free market, right? That there it, it would only work if you had the Judeo Christian values. That didn't mean you had to be Jewish or Christian, but it was the, the values that were embedded in order mm. to be the counter to what would otherwise just be greed running amok in a system that had no boundaries.
1: Thank God we don't have that anymore.
4: <laughs> no, no 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 now no. now we have only the greed so we don't yeah. have to worry about the rest of it
1: well i would <laughs> like the record to reflect that i asked Miriam to plug her show and i pulled out a little early thank i thought you. we were land i thought we were wrapping up this show i mm-hmm. thought we were landing
0: this plane
5: thank you for that i appreciate well, so
0: what better than plugging twice that's how you get yeah. <laughs> make sure people don't forget right That's
1: right. Well, how could you forget Miriam's outstanding work on George Floyd, her um, honey colony? She's the bee lady, you know? (laughs) <laughs> Should take care of you if you're sick too. If you need something, she's the, she's a person to to talk to about that. Let's let's wrap this let's wrap this baby up. Let's go d- to Monica and I'm curious what's going what's cooking with deep dives. What do you have coming oh up? Oh my gosh!
4: Because no, you and
1: I are always into like the same. I thing. know. We
4: need to do a part two,
9: Monica. I know. I'm moving. I'm moving into a house that has bees in the backyard, Miriam. Nice. And I thought they were my bees. House you Telling me about. I don't, I, yes, this little Spanish house in yeah. uh, like the outskirts of LA, which is really far. Um, LA goes on forever, as you know, Charlie. Yeah. So it is still in LA. So I'm not going to be able to affect my property rights at all. Ooh. But there is, there's, so I had these bees and I was going to move in and the bee guy comes and he takes the bees. I was like, what the heck? And he, he said they got uh, another job. They are pollinating an avocado orchard. So, of course, I like Google like do bees pollinate avocado. Worms? Oh, yeah, so, I guess so. Because I was like a little why are you taking my bees? So anyway, I'm hoping to get the bees back, but yes, yeah, please. I will. I will. And they're every he might have taken them, but a lot of them refused to go. I could just tell you that right now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so I am. there's so much work with this house, and I felt a little guilty because I haven't done a lot of deep dives lately. But I think I owe you some report from Iron Mountain. I owe oh, yeah. Courtney. We're going to do a part two on the Milner Fabian conspiracy, which yeah. Charlie will also want oh, to I'll be into
1: that. Yeah. Oh, and Matt to- Matt Errett will most definitely be into that as well. Yes, yeah, that's right in his wheelhouse. Conversation
9: with his wife. Yes, yep. yes. Oh, actually, I bought y'all's book on uh, the China psyop, Breaking Free of the China psyop. I'm very excited about that.
10: Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, yes. uh, yeah. Give me some feedback on that. I'm, I'd, I'd be really. Hungry oh, for yeah. That.
9: Well, maybe you can come talk about it on one of my deep dives. That would be super fun. So it if works. you're here open go. for business, Matt. You're um, talking about
1: bees. I feel like we're cross pollinating audience. Oh, Miriam, here. I need this question.
9: I'm way behind, Charlie. So that was a sensitive question. I'm going to just tell you that right now. Okay, (laughs) sorry.
1: Well, I know you're going to come out with something that's going to blow people away because every time you you put out an episode, people are talking about it for a while because they've never heard of it.
9: Well, there are. I have a whole bunch of already in the can, as it were. So you can go to Deep Dives with Monica Perez for that. And of course, rockfin.com slash deep dives. And if you want my copious show notes, for example, why dinosaurs are fake. You can go to Monica's deep dives.com because I put all my resources there. You're going
1: to bum out a lot of little oh, kids sorry. With, with that.
9: Sorry. sorry. Dragons uh, are real, but dinosaurs well, are fake. How there we go. That?
1: That's cool. Well, in, in, in keeping with the theme, let's talk to Matt, Matt. Well, tell us about the book where we can find you. You're, you're at two of my go-to places for information, unlimitedhangout.com and the last American vagabond.com. So if, people are interested in finding you, what's the best place for them to go?
10: I'm still just phased by the dragons. Are, uh, the dinosaurs aren't real, dragons are. I, I, I really want to see those show notes. Uh, i sorry. I'm not oh. sure
9: about the dragons, but I can prove the dinosaur thing. <laughs>
10: okay, cool. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. Okay. Uh, all right. So I, for me, um, well, Breaking Free of Anti-China PsyOps is a, is a special report uh, that's going to shape a bunch of documentaries that I'm making right now with my wife. Uh, we've done three um, just dealing with the Chinese police stations and uh, um, Chinese election interference and all sorts of boogeyman images from the McCarthy era that are being like cooked up again, like a hypnotic spell uh, to get people to sort of you know nod their head in acquiescence to the military industrial complex, uh, pushing for you know, a war with Russia and China. So that, that, that uh, it's, a, it's 80, 80 pages or so. Part two is going to come out. Um, that's translated into Japanese and it's going to be on the Japanese market this week. Um, in Japanese bookstores, which is I'm super stoked about that. Apparently, some Japanese people don't want to get caught in the crossfire of a nuclear war, the way a bunch of Ukrainians are setting themselves up to. So that that's good. There's some spark for life there. Um but, uh, CanadianPatriot.org is the best place to go to buy those things, including the the Clash of the Two Americas uh, four volume. You know, Origins of the Deep State, going back to the Venetian takeover of Britain back in the 1688 period. So that that's a fun one. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a few things.
1: Yeah, you're always doing interesting stuff. When I get your emails, I make sure to read them because I know that it's going to be. Yeah, you know, I'm kind of into that stuff right now. That British Empire. Fuckery. I don't know how else to describe it, but I'm into it for sure.
10: <laughs> well, I listened um, to your your Thomas Huxley presentation. That was that was badass. That was really. good. Oh, thank you, thank you. Yeah, that's and-
1: kind of what I'm talking about. Those guys are like a a a, a new uh, like a whole new era area for me. Like these old timey lunatics that wanted to depopulate everybody. That they're fascinating, weirdos, <laughs> bunch of. Bunch of weirdos. Uh, Jeff Warnock is from Empath Eyes Studios and he's my buddy in Denver and he's the secret caller to OBDM. And I bet you you're so bummed that Mike isn't on this call tonight because you're Jeff in Denver that calls OBDM.
8: Yeah, now referred to it as Breaker. I, Breaker.
1: Yeah, you got a GI Joe name because you're, you're a frequent caller to OBDM. And, and Mike's not here. Oh, man. Well, next time. We'll have you back, man. Yeah, next time
8: but uh yeah i make music so if you want to hear some vibe electronic tunes check me out on all streaming platforms empathize uh two words empath like the things on our face that most people choose not to use uh and my day job is media production video audio that sort of thing so if you have any questions production questions just want to drop me a line best place for that is empathize studio.com or on instagram at empathize studio so thanks awesome
1: all. and thanks to susie for making for for thinking to invite jeff i had no idea that you the two of you were were friends and jeff shows up and it's and it's fantastic where can people find you and your work and everything related
2: everywhere i travel the country and speak at all the places uh right now initiativesforfamilyhealth.org um i have a network of leaders from across the world that are trying to create a new network of communication to effectively impact change in countries. Right now, we were working with some doctors in Brazil. They passed legislation that made it so that doctors went to jail for eight years if they spoke out against COVID um, and all the protocols. So I've been working with people everywhere with that. Um, That's the Inspired Network. And I'm kind of just bouncing everywhere at this point and building out two websites. So soon I will have those for you for show notes, Charlie.
1: Awesome, I appreciate that. Well, we're glad it, and it's good that you're out on the road. Uh, There's been a lot of presentations, a lot of like events happening recently. That uh, it it seems like a good thing. We we've got to go support those. You know, if they come to your town, or if it's someplace geographically sort of close to you, make a trip, support it. Uh, Graham, you were nice enough to have have me and Ricky on Outlaw last week. Um, How are you, man? It's good to see you. Yeah, doing
7: good. Yeah, doing good. Thanks. This has been great. Yeah, we've got, speaking of trips, we've got uh, uh, Montana mega floods with Randall Carlson. If people want to get out and get in the field and yeah, listen Randall like do his speeches about the younger dryness and the floods oh. and all kinds of esoteric knowledge, that's uh, September 18th to the 23rd. So that's going to be like Idaho, Montana with a bunch of cool people for like five days. And we also have a uh, Spots available in Canada. We've got a little event in Canada. We're doing for a weekend, like cold plunges and uh, and hot springs in the mountains. You Guys are always doing the coolest shit.
10: Where? where summer Canada is this happening?
7: This Which is mountains? in uh, this is in um, uh little. It's in BC, like Eastern BC. I should when? I should know the answer to that.
10: <laughs> I, I um, I'll be in Eastern BC very soon. So oh, it's in yeah. no,
7: it's in November. It's uh, I'll find I'll find out right now. Okay. It's uh, Natural Hot Springs uh, near Invermere in Canada. So it's uh, November 9th.
1: Yeah. Nice. And your audiobooks, adultbrain.ca, best yeah.
7: place? Yeah. We just had The Pivot of Civilization come out by Margaret Sanger. So this oh, kind wow. of like fits in with this whole discussion. About,
1: yeah. About yeah. She's a fucking lunatic. The
7: early sure. to mid 1900s, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. <clears throat> she wanted to solve her quote, Negro problem. Well, happy Juneteenth to Margaret Sanger. Apparently, <laughs> don't wait till the last minute to wish her a a happy Juneteenth. She did more to kill black people than just about anybody in this in America. Congratulations to her. And and of course, Hillary Clinton won the Margaret Sanger Award and said that she was so thrilled because she was such an idol of hers. That's awesome. But man, those books, I bet they're fascinating to read. I, I i've only been I've only kind of looked through a little bit, but I haven't yeah. really like read cover to cover any of the Margaret Sanger stuff, but she's was out of her fucking mind.
7: Yeah. And then everything else you can find at all our podcast and, and everything like that. So awesome. Thanks. Courtney, what's happening on oh. the show? Hi.
4: <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm quite behind as well and stuff too, because I just wrapped up the concept. Yes, and we're crazy enough to gear up for the next one. So we're planning in uh, it looks like it's going to be the second weekend of October in Florida. So we're we're preparing for that. We're going down where in Florida? We're looking probably like West Palm Beach area, but it's still up for we have to find the exact location to nail it down. That's kind of where we're thinking right now. So, we're going in the first two weeks of July to start looking at some venues and Yes. Or connecting with some people who are down there. So if you're in the area or you can be in the area, definitely come. The The first one was awesome and we learned a lot. So I think the next one will be even better. And, uh, yeah, so I'm back to the podcast. Uh, it's the Courtney Turner podcast and you can find me at CourtneyTurner.com like Courtney, C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y-T-U-R-N-E-R. And, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I'm gearing back up with all of the different shows. So, you know, the Courtney Turner podcast has been going pretty You had good. a lot
1: on your plate. There was a I lot, a going lot
4: on. on my plate. Yeah. We're, yeah. we're gearing up for another right voices episode. Uh, you know, I do the dialectical dissidents with the pirate stream media. Um, we have, uh, what else? I, I was just on uh, Christy Lee's show earlier. I'm I'm filling in for her uh, at the end of the week and then beginning of next week. And I couldn't remember everything. <laughs> I was like, I started listing everything and I was like, I, I blanked out on half of it. But yeah, so those are, but the main one is the Corning Turner podcast. Awesome. You can find everything through there. So.
1: Thank you. Uh, Clint Russell from Liberty Lockdown was here. Uh, you can catch him on Tim Cast a lot of times, seems like once a month at least. So uh check him out. Jason Burmes Red Voice Media was on. Thank big thanks to uh Jason for coming on. We always we always appreciate it. He was more subdued. Normally he is fired up and screaming. I was, you know, maybe next time. Maybe we'll, we'll get him cranked up nice and good. Uh Sam Tripley couldn't be here tonight. Tinfoil hat, as always. the biggest shows in the world and everybody knows tinfoil hat you know and sam's inability to pronounce your name um and of course midnight mike from obdm normally driving this ship but that's ricky instead captain ricky yeah
7: Yeah. why it 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 wasn't live on rockfin
0: (laughs) yeah that's exactly like because the two monkeys uh took care of tonight's show so we uh we aren't as tech savvy um, but uh yeah, so rippleffectpodcast.com get everything. For some reason, I am not on Google Podcast. I just got uh kicked off there. Uh so I'm neither on YouTube and now I'm also not on any Google product. So uh but you can still find the show on Spotify, iTunes, all the other places. Uh and uh and then obviously Rockfin Odyssey Band. video, all that stuff. But yeah, the rippleffectpodcast.com and uh, and of course, thanks guys for for joining us today, and and uh, sorry that I didn't let you wrap up uh and uh, earlier, but yeah. wrapped up without pulling out. Get it? No
1: problem. Macroaggressions podcast, wherever audio podcasts are found. I have Whitney Webb on this week, Dan Dix the following week, Shane Cashman after that. So uh, check it out if you want to catch it in video format. Rockfin is the best place to do that. The website is theoctopusofglobalcontrol.com. dot and you can find me on twitter at macroaggressions
0: where i argue with vaccine lovers and, and let's get some of jeff's music for uh the intro because this is pre-recorded let's get uh jeff you do you do some electronic music let's let's switch it up let's let's get mike to put it in the beginning of the episode and
1: yeah we'll have to get to, we'll have to get some some additional music for the uh Intro and outro, but that's normally where the music is playing. So just imagine it in your heads, <laughs> <laughs> As, like it's being beamed into your heads by a satellite that Elon Musk owns. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time.
0: Thanks, kid. Hi, Thanks. everyone.
5: Lots of love. Bye.